We're going to crack on with our series. We've hit gentleness. Um, we're going through this series on the fruit of the Spirit, and, um, and this week we're going to look at gentleness. And I want to start actually by looking um, at a bit of Greek with you, if that's all right. I'm not a Greek scholar at all, but the internet's a wonderful place. And um, it helps... It helps because the word in Galatians 5, 22, 23, that's our kind of key verse. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Um, it's gentleness. The word that's used there for gentleness is prautes, P-R-A-U-T-E-S, okay? Um, and the root word that that comes from, um, in, in some translations for this verse in Galatians, but also in other places in the Bible, also gets translated as meekness or humility, um, and meekness is, is the key one. And I, I want to unpack this morning this idea of the fruit of the spirit of gentleness and meekness. I'm probably going to keep interchanging those two words. But they, are, they both come out of this one Greek word. That's actually, because I think sometimes, you know, we can hear, you know, the fruit of the spirit is gentleness. And it means, you know, talk quietly and stroke people's hair while you talk to them. And, you know, kind of gentle, which that's gentle, that's fine. But there's much more to that. It's actually a much meatier word than I think probably just gentleness looks like. So I want to unpack this idea of meekness, um, if that's okay. So when I say one or other word, I mean both, okay? Um, But it's massively, massively important because gentleness, meekness, is massively powerful. It really is. And it's something I really, I I feel like is a bit of a, it's a devalued key. I think it's really important. Maybe it's, you know, we're unaware of it, but it's, it's, it's not maybe understood, it's not valued, it's not used, but it's key in the kingdom. Um, in the Beatitudes, in Matthew 5, um, Jesus makes this profound statement where he says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. It's exactly the same Greek word as in Galatians 5, prautes, it's that same root word. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That is a huge statement. That's a huge <laughs> inheritance that we would inherit the earth but specifically he highlights the people who will inherit as the meek um so it's really it's really important that we understand what that means um and that that's us like that verse is pointed at you and i um so we need to understand two things we need to understand the influence the significance and the value of who we are and what we carry um you know i've i've been a christian since i was eight um so 30 plus years and i've always you know i grew up in a christian home i've I think always known Jesus and definitely remember making a decision for myself on Hastings Pier when I was eight. And then, and I spent easily the first 30 years of my Christian life just being amazed that Jesus loved me and forgave my sin, that I was, you know, saved was just amazing. And, and I, so my journey, and I think is kind of reflective of what the Holy Spirit is doing in the church at the moment is in the, the sort of, I suppose the times we're in is, Holy Spirit is really highlighting the fact that actually we're sons and daughters, that we're not just justified and saved by our sins, that we're adopted into God's families as sons and daughters. Um, and it's, it's massively exciting. Those are kind of the days we're living. Those are the times we're living in. Um, so we need, to, we need to understand that, that we are sons and daughters with an inheritance. And so that verse in Matthew is pointed at us. Um, so there's this powerful truth of our identity, which we unapologetically talk about a lot in this church family, because it's really important. Um, but we need to understand that there is, you know, as sons and daughters with this inheritance, there's a real require on us, a requirement on us um, that if we're going to really enter into our inheritance, if we're going to really be mature sons and daughters, then we've got to get hold of this idea of meekness and gentleness, okay? So I think the first thing to be clear of is, is it's not about weakness. 
it sounds like quite a tame word. Um, but actually, that can't be what it means because we've got to hold on to actually, but we're adopted as sons. That means, listen, we're called to greatness. And I know that's uncomfortable for some of us, probably particularly Brits. Like, we're not great with that. But actually, you know, we are, there's real significance, there's real greatness on our lives as sons and daughters. In Revelation 5, it talks about us being called kings and priests who will reign on earth. Like, that's pretty significant. You know, Jesus said he gave us all authority, he gave us the keys of the kingdom. Talks about us being co-heirs with Jesus. Like, and so you know we might not necessarily feel or understand it, but listen, there is real greatness on us. Um, that's how God wants it to be. There is significance and value on your life and on my life. But meekness means I understand that the way that gets worked out is through service and humility and, and loving God and loving other people sacrificially and wholeheartedly. We have to understand those two things. Greatness that you were born for looks different in the kingdom. And a big part of it is measured by, actually, am I learning to live in, with meekness and with gentleness? So I think understanding the, these two things is a really important. It's one of those other you know, beautiful tensions in the, in the kingdom that we see. is Listen, I am a significant, valuable, loved daughter of God, but I am called to serve, to lay down my life, and to deny myself. It's not either or, it's both. And the problem comes when we focus more on one without the other. Maturity is, it's both and. You're a significant child, but you're called to serve. Um, and that's what meekness is. And this is all going to become clear. Trust me, bear with me. Jesus is our model in everything, right? We're called to, in all things, measure up to all the fullness of Christ. Um, and in everything, Jesus model gentleness, meekness as well as all the other fruit of the Spirit, but this one we want to look at. I want to look in um, Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, some really famous words of Jesus. This is the Amplified Version, where he says, um, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, refreshment and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. That sounds like a nice thing to find, doesn't it? Um, but he's saying there's this invitation. Listen, come to me, learn from me, take on my yoke. And what he says of himself is that I am gentle. Same Greek word, proutes. Same Greek word. I am gentle and meek and humble. And the problem is, so there's this, there's this call always for us to follow Jesus and be like Jesus. And he's saying himself, come and learn from me. Come and take my yoke on me. The problem is we don't really know what meekness is. So we're not quite sure what, that's, um, what that means. Um, gentleness, like I said, we probably have a bit more of a grid for. Meekness, I really don't think we do. And I don't think it's a virtue that we, that we understand or value in the sort of 21st century Western society. Like, I don't think we do. Um, if you look in, and this is where we, you know, we go wrong. If you look in a, just a regular Oxford dictionary, um, some of the meanings of the word meekness are these. Humbly patient docile, overly submissive, spiritless, tame. Right, so if we think that's what Jesus is asking us to be and what Jesus was, then we're, like, we're missing it, right? That sounds really weak. Um, but gentleness is hugely strong, hugely powerful. Um, so we need to understand what does the Bible tell us about meekness? Because a dictionary is telling us the wrong thing. You are not tame and spiritless. You are not to be overly submissive. Like we're called to submit, but like it, that's not a helpful um, explanation. I think biblically, the best explanation of what meekness is is in Philippians 2. It doesn't use the word at all, but it, it absolutely unpacks meekness beautifully. And um, this is what when Jesus is saying, listen, learn from me. 
This is what Paul says in in, um, Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. Really famous passage of scripture. Um, He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So it's the same gospel call. Be like Jesus. It's not complicated. It's difficult, but it's not complicated. Be like Jesus. And, so, and then he goes on to unpack, and I think this, this is meekness unpacked, and it's this relationship between two things, our position and our posture. It is going to become clear. So, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." So I think meekness looks like this. Meekness looks like you know your position. Jesus knew who he was. He'd spent eternity in heaven with God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, he says, he who being in very nature God. Like Jesus knew who he was. Jesus did not have an inferiority complex. Like he didn't. He didn't have a problem with self-esteem. He absolutely knew who he was. And it talks about actually that his equality with God, like that was his position, his greatness. In very nature, God, and Jesus knew that. That was his position. But the posture he took up was different. So it says he didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. So that was his position, but he didn't hold on to that position. The ESV version says he didn't consider that equality something to be grasped and hold on to. But instead, he made himself nothing. Really important, he, he wasn't made nothing by the actions of other people against him. He didn't live as a servant because he didn't think he was worth anything else. He chose He chose a life of service. He chose meekness. It was a posture he took up. So it's without denying or forgetting who he was, his position in God, he chose to take a posture of, of humility, of service for us. And that's what meekness looks like. I think meekness is much better defined as this. Meekness is a strong choice of a powerful person. Nothing weak about being meek at all. Gentleness is a real strength. It's actively choosing a low posture. And we do it from a place of strength and significance, not because we're not worth anything else. Listen, we are never, ever, ever in the Bible asked to deny who we are. Like it's championed throughout the Bible, who you are. You're a son, you're a daughter, you're beloved, you're accepted in the beloved. You're a co-heir with Christ. You are dearly loved. God's chosen people goes on and on and on. You are never, ever, ever supposed to deny who you are. But you know what? You are asked to deny yourself, your rights sometimes, your comforts, your priorities. We are supposed to deny ourselves, but we're not supposed to deny who we are. Can you see the difference? And that's what we're talking about with this proutes word, this meekness word. This is what gentleness is all about. It's an intentional posture that I take up. It's not imposed upon me. I choose. 
because there's significance and value and dignity on my life. But I could choose to go low because who, who I am. And that's what Jesus' model was. I found this wonderful quote um, when I spoke on meekness before. Can't, didn't write down who it's from. Don't know where it's from. Don't know who said it. But it's great. So apologies, whoever it is. It says this. Jesus, this is Jesus, our model. So Jesus specialized in menial tasks that everybody else tried to avoid. Washing feet, helping children, fixing breakfast and serving lepers. Nothing was beneath him because he came to serve. It was not in spite of his greatness that he did it, but because of his greatness. Like Jesus' greatness was outworked in his gentleness. And it's amazing that actually, the thing is, you know, that quote says, listen, nothing was beneath Jesus. But the thing is, actually, everything was beneath Jesus because he's above all things. And yet he chose to posture himself low. And it's meekness that is the key. But it's vital we know absolutely who we are. We know the inheritance, that we, the inheritance that we have. That we're so secure in that, that we then can lay ourselves down and demonstrate absolute gentleness in everything we do. I want to have a look at um, a couple of other biblical references um, where the Bible talks about gentleness. Now, all of these ones that I'm, we're going to look at from here, it's, again, it's the exact same Greek words. So I want you to think about that bigger picture of meekness and gentleness, not just talk quietly and stroke someone's hair. Okay? So, all of them are about, uh, in this, this setting of having this high position in Jesus, but this low posture we actively choose to take up. Um, and again, it is about choice. You know, like kindness, like patience, like faithfulness. Gentleness isn't something we feel. Like it's, it's not good enough to wait until we feel it. Yes, we may feel gentle and kind and patient and tender towards people. But listen, we can't wait till we feel it. Okay? Remember, these things, this whole series, things we're talking about, these are fruit of the spirit, not personality traits. Do you know what? Gentleness may come easier to some people than others. That's fine. Um, but it's for all of you. It's not an opt-out. Um, and again, it's not a weakness. It's a strong choice that I, as a significant, powerful person, I get to choose to be gentle. And we're encouraged to throughout the Bible. I'm just going to pull out a few verses. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11, Paul says to Timothy, But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Like all those other words are quite sort of, I feel like there's a strong, faithful, you know, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And gentleness is just as strong and influential as any of those other qualities um, in that verse. And you know, in that context, Paul is talking about um, the love of money and kind of getting caught up um, with that. And he's, so he's saying, listen, flee that, but pursue something else. And included in that list is gentleness. And that's a call to all of us. Listen, this was specifically a call to Timothy. So I do want to, as an aside, say to you men, Gentleness is not a feminine quality. It's not. Like, I think sometimes we can think there are certain, you know, certain fruit of the spirit that are a bit more for the girls and some are a bit more for the boys. That's garbage. Everybody loves a gentleman. Genuinely. I'm not saying that tritely. I love seeing gentleness in men. So Paul is specifically saying this to Timothy. As a young leader, as a young man, you need to be gentle. Really important. For, you know, for you as godly men, godly brothers, godly fathers in the kingdom, demonstrate gentleness. It's somewhat counterculture. We value you know, in men strength and determination and all those. Actually, gentleness is incredibly strong and powerful. So I want to say that to you men particularly, be gentle. It's massively important. Again, Colossians 3, 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved... 
Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, meekness, it's the same word, and patience. And again, Ephesians 4, verses 1 and 2, Paul says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Listen, these two verses are, again, this classic New Testament call of, listen, because of who you are, so in the Colossians, therefore, as God's chosen people, clothe yourself in these things. It's this, this is who you are, so this is what you need to be wearing. It's all, all the time, that's where, how Paul kind of challenged the church. He says, listen, live a life worthy of this calling. So again, you know, it's a high calling we have. It's this high position we have. Co-heirs with Christ, seated with him in heavenly places. It's madness, the high position that we have in Jesus. That's our calling. But living a life that is worthy of that calling means you need to go low. You need to be humble. You need to be served. You need to be gentle and patient, bearing with one another in love always the call this is how you are so this is who you are so this is how you need to live and it's a choice and it's active clothe yourselves don't wait till someone else does it for you don't wait till you just happen to feel it put it on get dressed wear the right stuff so being gentle like it's not an optional extra like it's not a personality trait it's absolutely an active choice that is required of all of us because of who we are but it isn't weakness. You know, genuine, genuine biblical, spiritual gentleness um, is not weak. It's massively strong. But it means that actually both my position in Jesus and my posture with mankind are settled. They're not up for negotiation. And it's really easy, I think, you know, with the fruit of the Spirit for us to, um, like, you know, there can be counterfeits. You know, things that are like kind of look similar but they're not the real deal and I think there's two things ways that actually gentleness can get we can have counterfeit meekness if that makes sense and the one is that actually do you know what I'm a doormat and I'm a victim and because my position my identity in Jesus isn't secure isn't settled I don't really know or believe who I am where God's positioned me how much significance and value is on my life then actually I become a doormat and I don't have boundaries, and I can't say no, and I won't challenge people, and I'll let people walk all over me. Um, that's not being gentle. Actually, that, that is weakness. That's not a strength, that is a weakness. Actually, it's, it's brokenness, because it's coming out of, I'm afraid. I don't know who I am, and I'm frightened. Um, it's actually, if that's us, if that's where we find ourselves, actually, we are unable to take up a healthy posture of meekness because our position is so unsure. That's not gentleness, okay? That is not a strength. I do not want to encourage or endorse anyone to be a doormat. And I don't see anything in the Bible that encourages that either. So that's on the one hand. One counterfeit gentleness is, is the sort of doormat victim. You know, no boundaries walk all over me. That's not gentleness because that isn't a strong position. Um, and if you look at Jesus as the perfect model of gentleness, he absolutely wasn't a doormat. At all, you know, he says about, you know, actually that, you know, he would, he would die. But he says about himself, he says, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. You know, at any moment on that journey to the cross, and even when they're taunting him on the cross, well, you know, come down, save yourself. He had the resource of heaven at his disposal. There is no question that at any moment Jesus could have stopped. He wasn't a victim. No one took his life from him. He willingly laid it down. He wasn't a victim. 
the doormat. It's the strongest it's the strongest act of love the world's ever seen, but it was strength, not weakness. But think about some other things in Jesus' life. You know, when he cleared the temple, like that's not your classic Jesus, meek and mild, turning tables over and booting people out. That's a passionate, fierce, ferocious Jesus. You know, his challenge to the religious people, to the Pharisees particularly, um, he really goes to town on them sometimes. In Mark 7, he says, you know, actually... He calls them hypocrites and says, listen, Isaiah prophesied about you lot, you know, that you so hold on to human tradition that you've ditched actually the things of value in God's traditions. Um, read Matthew 23, not for now, the seven woes. Um, he absolutely goes to town on the Pharisees, really straight talking down the line, um, not a doormat. Matthew 18, this is what Jesus encouraged us to do. If your brother sins, go to him. Don't just, you know, fall over and let them stomp back over you again. Go to them. Healthy conflict and confrontations. Jesus told us to do it. And in his, in his trial, in John 18, um, in John's record of Jesus' trial before the high priest, one of the officials in the temple slaps Jesus. And, um, and he calls him out on it. He's like, hey, if I'm speaking the truth, why did you strike me? So we have to, we have to understand, listen... There was times when Jesus, absolutely full of meekness and humility and gentleness, challenged people. He wasn't a doormat. So that's, that's on the one hand where we feel like, actually, you know, I'm, oh, I'm a really gentle person. That isn't gentleness if, we're, if we find ourselves, you know, unable to say no and to challenge and to stand firm on things. Actually, that's weakness, not meekness. And we're slightly missing it. It's not the real deal. But listen, and we end up there... If our position is unsure, we don't know who we are. The other way we can get it wrong is that, actually, do you know what? I think I, I get my position thing. I understand that I have value, I have significance. Um, but do you know what? I'm, I'm willing to posture myself low. It's almost like we've forgotten what greatness looks like in the kingdom. And it looks like serving. You know, we've forgotten, actually, just stop for a moment and consider what your inheritance cost Jesus. We've forgotten that and I'm focused purely on spending it on myself rather than the least and the lost and the lonely, the people I need to go low to. Um, and do you know what? That's not gentleness either. That's entitlement. And that is an ugly counterfeit in the kingdom right now. Actually, you know, we are called to greatness. We are saved purely by grace. But that does not mean there is this entitlement. It doesn't matter what I do or where I go, what I say. That is not grace. That is entitlement. It's so dishonoring of Jesus and his bride. We need to be really intolerant of that. Not intolerant of people, but of that in ourselves. If you can feel that entitled, well, do you know who I am and what I'm... Like, don't, we can't stay there. That's not gentleness. Actually, we become arrogant and selfish and harsh and hard which is the complete opposite of gentleness. Actually, it's about, do you know what? I know who I am in Jesus, but I'm going to stay above you rather than actually I'm going to go low to come find you. It's not meekness. It's not strength. And both those things, both those counterfeit versions of meekness, actually are, they're really maturity. They're not going to lead us to inheriting the earth. They're not going to mean we change lives and we change Manchester. So we've got to understand what meekness is. But listen, and again, this whole thing of not being doormats, being meekness, uh, being meek, and, and having that healthy, mature fruit of gentleness in our lives doesn't mean that we compromise on things, doesn't mean we kind of gloss over things, it doesn't mean we don't challenge, doesn't mean we say no. Like, no isn't 
like no can be a really gentle word. Like we can say no enormously gently, but we need to. Um, and again, there's some other points um, in the Bible that says that. So 1 Peter 3.15 um, says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to, for the reason, for the hope that you have. Some translations say to give a defense. It's a bit more, it's a slightly stronger translation. So be ready to speak out. Be ready to speak up and to speak out. But, he finishes that verse, but do this with gentleness, same Greek root word, meekness and respect. So listen, absolutely give a defense. Absolutely hold your ground. Speak up, speak out, but you do it gently. Doesn't mean we compromise. Doesn't mean we just kind of sit mutely. Give an answer, but we do it with gentleness. 2 Timothy 2, 24 and 25 said this, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everybody, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. And listen to this, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Gentleness, like correct people, people who are opposing you. Absolutely, it's a biblical mandate. Correct them, but with gentleness. We don't have to be harsh. We don't have to be aggressive. We don't have to be um, destructive in how we relate to people. But actually, correction is, is important. Gosh, which, who of you have kids and don't know that? Actually, yeah, correction matters, but do it gently. Galatians 6.1, brothers and sisters, everybody, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit, which remember is us, you should restore that person gently. Other translations say in a spirit of gentleness. But watch yourselves or you may also be tempted. Listen, it's really good to have people in my life who will call me on stuff. Sarah, that attitude's a bit ugly. Hey, this, that wasn't okay the way you... Like, I need those people. Um, we, you know, actually, it's right, biblically, um, to challenge sin. Like, we're not supposed to compromise. Eh, it doesn't matter. Like, that's not it. Actually, you know, if we are going to be a healthy, mature family, we've got to challenge one another. And listen, I don't, I'm not saying this is now open season. You've got, like, you know, like, that's not what I'm saying. You know the people who you are in relationship with, where you have that bridge, where you have, you know you have that permission to say, hey, listen, when you are using bad language like that, it just doesn't make you look like Jesus. When you're going out and getting steaming drunk with your friends on the weekend, it doesn't make you look like Jesus. Call people on their sin, on their stuff, but you do it gently, and your motive is always restoring them to their high position in Jesus. It's, not, it's like, listen, that's not who you are. Don't be messing around with that stuff. You're called to something so much greater than that. That needs to be our heart. So yes, we challenge, but, our heart, but it's absolutely with gentleness, and it's with a heart to restore them, remind them of who they are in Jesus. One of the most important ways... Um, that we get to be gentle is, I think, with our words. Like, gentleness is, is something that is communicated. We don't just communicate with words. So, yes, body language and all that. But words particularly is massively... It's a massively important way that we get to be gentle. Um, and in Proverbs 15, it says this, um, A gentle tongue is the tree of life, but perverseness in the tongue breaks the spirit. So gentle words can either be life-giving or can actually be crushing, can break people's spirit. Like that's how, you know, we know the power of life and death is a tongue, is in the tongue. Gentleness makes a profound difference. Yes. So think about what you say, how you say it, and who you say it to. Is your speech, are your words marked with gentleness? And if not, 
that's an area you need to work on. It's an area we need to address. And actually, in the same chapter, the first verse of Proverbs 15 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Like, I, I, I know you can all think of examples, can't you, where kind of in a, in a conflict or a dialogue and someone's come angry and, you know, if you react back with anger, it's like fuel on the fire and it suddenly is like tennis and all of a sudden it's like, it's up here. Um, actually, what would it look like for us to be able to have a gentle answer? And listen, that's not about compromising. That's not about just letting things go. It doesn't mean you don't challenge it. But actually, how, what would it look like if... Um, if I chose to react and respond marked by gentleness. Because actually how I speak, with or without gentleness, has the power to either deflect or increase anger. Um, and gentleness is the key. Um, so we have to make that choice. Because the thing is, listen, you can have all the wisdom in the world. You can absolutely have the truth. You can be absolutely right in your opinion or your assessment. But without gentleness in how you communicate, either people aren't going to hear it, you know, because if you come steaming in harsh and aggressive and, and, and unkind, uh, I can tell you what I do, my walls would be up. Nope, I'm not even going to hear what you're going to say because I feel so threatened. Um, but even if I hear it, I'm not going to receive it. Like, but gentleness unlocks that, it unlocks me to kind of listen to what you're saying. Um, we have to learn to be gentle. And that is part of this posturing ourselves low. And it might be everything in you is like, oh, I need to give that person a piece of my mind. But actually, meekness means, do you know what? I'm going to choose to go low and try and share a piece of my heart with them, which is very different, really different. And so, and, but it comes out of that, you know, that ability to go low, particularly in conflict or, diff, you know, or stressful situations. Um, actually, the more secure and settled I am in who I am in God then actually it's so much easier to go low because I'm not, I'm not threatened. And actually, do you know what? I'm not looking to win. I'm not looking to beat you. I just want to try and connect. I just want to try and understand. Um, but actually, when, you know, when that isn't settled for us, our, you know, our position and knowing who we are in God um, isn't secure and we're not committed. Listen, I'm not just saying get your identity sorted and everything else will come naturally. Like, you have to make some choices here, folks. Like, we need to choose to go low, to, to kind of to back off, to react gently, to take a moment, um, not just to come back. Because it, it, it's a change of, it, it changes how we approach things. Listen, I'm not looking to win, I'm not looking to beat you. I just want to try and connect somehow. I'm not looking to inflict my opinion on you. I'm looking to try and share a bit of my heart with you and if our heart is actually I want you to know your position in Jesus if that's our then actually our motive and our goal in how we react and respond to each other are very different if our goal is you need to know who you are and that stuff that you're doing that's not who you are that doesn't fit that stuff doesn't look good on you anymore so yes we challenge it um, but if my motive is listen I want to connect with you and I want to try and keep connected even in conflict even if you are 100% in the wrong, I still want to try and choose to posture yourself, myself low. To be gentle rather than being harsh and aggressive and kind of tear you down and crush you. So gentle words are massively, massively powerful and influential. And in all these things, it's not because we don't matter, so I'll gloss over it. Like that, that would classically be me. I am a self-confessed conflict phobe. Hate conflict. Don't like challenging conversation. I'm not good at it. Um, Actually, because I really, really value people being okay and people being in harmony. And, and like, I really value that. And so I find conflict challenging because it, it 
it challenges that potentially. But actually, listen, the thing is, you can't have real harmony and connection in relationship if there's unresolved conflict. Um, so I am learning at 40 to get some of this. It's going to be amazing when I'm 80. I'm just a bit of a slow learner, I think. Um, but listen, our, my ability to be gentle, even in conflict, it, like, it, like, it's not that I don't matter. It's like, do you know what? Actually, I really matter because I'm a child of the king. So I really matter. So actually, you don't necessarily get to treat me like that or say those things to me. And, I, you know, I'll just take that. But actually, the thing is, I matter, but you really matter too. And so actually, I can gently say to you, hey, do you know what? That's not okay. So it's possible. And it's, I hope, I've shown you biblically, absolutely encouraged that we should challenge, correct, confront, but in a way that brings life, not crushes people. And the fruit of gentleness is absolutely like the change agent in those kind of relationships. Listen, as an aside, one other thing. Sometimes being gentle means it's gentleness in, I suppose, communication is knowing sometimes the time, actually the thing to do is just pipe down. Just don't say anything. You know, I think some people are so quick to say, but I think this, I feel this, I'm saying this. Um, as much as Jesus challenged people, and he wasn't a doormat, and he wasn't a victim, there were times when actually, in Isaiah 53, this beautiful prophetic passage of what Jesus looks like as our saviour, it says that he was like a sheep before his shearers, and he, did, and he, he was silent. So there, like, there is knowing a time when gentleness means, do you know what, Sarah, just button it. Nothing needs to be said here. That's wisdom. But equally, there are times when actually we do need to speak out. So, this is a war on a land. Meekness, gentleness, is absolutely not weakness. It is a strong choice made by powerful people. It's a real strength. And, and it's understanding that actually through Jesus, we are called into a high, high position. We have a high calling on our lives that has value and strength and influence and significance. But we need to be willing consistently to take up a low posture, willingly lay those things down in order to, to find people, to serve people, to love people. And it is a vital part of us growing up, being mature as sons and daughters, that we understand this idea of meekness. And it's absolutely going to be key for us to enter into our inheritance. And that's the plan of God. So would you stand? Um, I'd love to pray with you. If you're on the prayer team this morning, I'd love for you to come make yourself available. That would be amazing. Um, and, I, and I guess I, I want for us to... Um, it's these two things. My position in God and the posture I choose to take up. And you might be thinking, do you know what? I know which one of, the, well, one of those two needs. I need the Lord to help me with more. Um, and so I would, you know, let's, I want to pray and I want to... Um, I would love for us to kind of leave this place being more sure than we've ever been how loved, accepted we are by Father God, how significant your life is. Maybe you've never been convinced of that. I'm absolutely praying that God would come and convince you of that this morning. But from that place, some of us need to hear that challenge of, do you know what, Sarah, there's somewhere you need to go low. There's somewhere where you need to be more gentle. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and meet with each one of us. So I thank you that you know us, you love us, you know exactly where we're at. Um, and Father, I pray for each one of us that you would come and remind us again who we are as your sons and daughters, as co-heirs with you, Jesus. God, that we are deeply loved by you and there is nothing we can do that's going to make you change your mind about us. And Father, I want to pray for those people who maybe their position in you, that identity 
of sonship has never been settled, Holy Spirit, would you just come and, and just do what only you can do? Convince them, persuade them, remind them that is who they are, that is their position. But Jesus, we just want to thank you for your model. Thank you, God, that you were in very nature, God, but you didn't consider that something to hold on to. God, you willingly sent your son. Jesus, you willingly laid down your life for me, for us. So Jesus, I pray that you'd help us to follow your example, to choose that low posture. God, help us to be humble. Help us to be servants. Jesus, help us. Help us with this tension to know we're so wonderfully loved by you. There's such significant on our lives. But we're called to lay that down for you and for others and for the kingdom. And I pray that you'd, God, we want to walk in maturity in those things. So would you help us to be meek? And God, we want to say that we, um, yeah, Lord, I believe what you said, Jesus. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So Father, I ask that we would just see what that looks like day by day, week by week, month by month. Teach us to be meek. Holy Spirit, develop that fruit of gentleness in each of our lives, I pray.